common sense reality check for both the left and the right. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. Yes, I am tired of hearing about it too, but here's another aspect of this whole thing. What kind of precedent are we setting with this one in 2020? Also, advice to make your Super Bowl snacks healthier. It's good advice that we're all probably going to ignore anyway, but we are going to tell you about it. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for spending part of your weekend with us here uh, on American Viewpoints. Uh, and it's no secret that this program is uh, pre-recorded. So uh, by the time that this airs, it is possible that the president has been e- acquitted of the impeachment charges against him. It is possible that it's going to go into next week. So I just want to be kind of upfront about that. Joining me right now is Breck Dumas. She is a writer with The Blaze. And Breck, I also want to point out that you've got a different perspective on this because you are a former staffer for two U.S. senators. One retired and another one hired you right up. So you have been on the Hill. Correct. I have been. And the other one that that hired me right up has caused quite a stir today. So it's been kind of interesting to kind of fan watch. Here's the question. Do we risk at this point, just looking on a bigger scale and what it means to our country, what it means to our politics, what it means to our culture, do we risk watering down the use of impeachment to the point where every single president is going to be under the risk of impeachment just because of our extreme political tribalism at this point? Certainly. And in fact, uh, Chuck Schumer himself warned of that during the Clinton impeachment when he was a House member. Um, and and said that this this could set a new precedent. So it's really fascinating to see now that the tables have turned. Um, of course, you know President Bush was not impeached. President Obama wasn't impeached. Um, but I think that a lot of the scrutiny is coming is comparing what's going on and, and the case that, that that House Democrats are attempting to build now against President Trump compared to the charges against President Clinton. And I think it's impossible not to try to compare those two. Now, what about this? Would impeachment charges or calls for impeachment have rung a little more solid, have been taken a little more seriously, had there not been the use of the word impeachment literally from the day after the 2016 election? Yes, I think you're absolutely right to assume. I mean, we've been hearing this for so long. And I think it's also... Interesting. I, th- I think it makes a difference that they that they have Schiff uh, leading up this charge because he has been one of the most vocal, if not the most vocal, member of Congress speaking out against President Trump. I mean, look, RussiaGate came up short for him, right? So uh, the fact that they have this guy leading the charge, I think, really he's already damaged, if not completely lost his credibility, especially with a lot of facets of the public and a lot of people who would otherwise be in the on the on the fence in this. And one of the things I want to point out as well is, and and for anybody who thinks that that I'm just being a, a, an apologist for President Trump, there there are some things I have been surprised pleasantly that he's done. There's some things I don't like. I'm just finding Breck the entire process just fascinating, but I'm really concerned. Even some of the most conservative uh, Republican dedicated writers out there, Henry Olson and and some of the others, have said, yeah, there's some things that at the very least he he should be possibly risking censure, but impeachment is not supposed to be used casually and it's not supposed to be used as a planned weapon of politics. And while we could decide whether we like President Trump or don't like President Trump, we'll decide that in November when the election comes around. At this point, I really am worried that we have set a whole new 
expectation for people in office that it's going to start to look more like some European nations than it is what our founding fathers wanted this country to look like? Well, look, Mike, I think you make some really solid points there. To me, and you, you mentioned like the pundits, right? Like right. The, the people on the right, you know, and I immediately thought, okay, well, a lot of the people on the far right, a lot of conservatives who were, were you know, even, even Trump, would call themselves Trump skeptics, have been uh, dubbed never Trumpers. And anyone who doesn't defend the president uh, a lot of times is excoriated online. We have got become so tribal, yeah. not that we weren't before. But, I mean, the rhetoric is so ramped up and spread so quickly now. Um, but my point is, in saying that, is I don't trust anybody. Just me me personally. And this isn't necessarily just, just me as, as a writer, as a reporter, but me as, as a voter. I'm looking at them and I'm going, okay, well, I remember what you said about President Trump. I mean, much like you said early on, you know, Democrats were calling for impeachment. Early on, the people who were uh, against President Trump's election across the political spectrum were, were criticizing him and, and saying that. And you see these same people, like, I'm not sure that they can look at the case objectively once they become emotional about it. Okay, that's a good point. When you were saying that, it leads me to this question. And if the impeachment trial is over, I'll use past tense, has there been or was there, or if it's going to go on next week, is there good faith on either side of this trial right now from either party? I'm not seeing it. I'm not either. I do not see how this is going to benefit the, the country no matter what. Yeah, you've got one side that literally within 24 hours of President Trump's election in 2016 says, we are going to find a way to impeach him. And that's just mm-hmm. documented. That was said multiple times. And you've got Republicans now on the other side who really do not care what the evidence says. They simply will not vote to evict President Trump from office. Now, partially that's a response, I think, to the bad faith on the Democratic side, but bad faith being met by bad faith means that we may be tainting this entire impeachment process, which is supposed to be the most somber and rarely uttered word from our Constitution. Well, and at least clear cut. You know, when we look back again, I I hope it's fair to keep comparing to Clinton because I I do think that's important. It It gives us some perspective. You know, at least with Clinton, there were Democrats, okay? There were members of his own party who said, yeah, we need this impeachment trial needs to move forward. The Democrats today, the House Democrats don't have that that going for them. In fact, they had some Democrats who weren't on board with moving forward with impeaching President Trump. And, of course, you know, the one independent, Justin Amash, who had just abandoned the Republican Party months ago, uh, was not made an impeachment manager. And a lot of Democrats even thought that was a huge mistake because he was one opportunity um, to send to the upper chamber someone who would appear not to have a dog in the fight and who could, and a former Republican to make a case against President Trump. But that's a completely missed opportunity. Instead, they put some of the most partisan people that they have in that chamber, uh, sent them to the Senate. And I don't think it's a good look, and I don't think it's going to bode well for them. I've spent 25-plus years in media, and as you know, politics, you and I have known each other a long time. Uh, This looks to me like this is all about getting the right soundbite for the 2020 Mm -hmm. elections, which is what you do on C-SPAN in the middle of the night, not an impeachment proceeding. Right, or at least during, during committee 
hearings. That seems to be the real uh, dog and pony show for politicians right. these days. But I completely agree with you. Okay, let me switch topics just uh, real quick. We're visiting with Breck Dumas, uh, writer for The Blaze. I've just got to ask you about this. you got to check out this article that uh, Breck wrote. Elizabeth Warren proposes criminal penalties for spreading disinformation to voters online. Breck, I don't like disinformation. I don't like fake news. What's the problem here? Well, I mean, she wants to uh, set up, I mean, unsurprisingly, anybody who knows about Elizabeth Warren knows she was the mastermind behind the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is basically a huge uh, bureaucracy, as the name uh, indicates, that that choked out business is a horrible disaster. Um, it's still in existence. I luckily lost some teeth under President Trump. But at any rate, now she wants to control basically the speech, what she calls, I'll put it in quotes, my disinformation. So what that means is what speech that she doesn't agree with thinks needs to be regulated, not only by creating bureaucracies and bubbles thereof and managing the government, but to partner with big tech like Facebook and YouTube and Google, you know, and um, excuse me, and Twitter uh, so that they can manage all of this in sort of like a public private partnership. And then she's slamming Facebook uh, for allowing people, get this, for allowing people to instantane, instantaneously send messages via group text, group message. <laughs> because she says that that spreads information too quickly. I mean, the insanity and the gall is amazing. Uh, because I don't, I probably don't have to remind your audience that this is not a woman who is known uh, for telling the truth all the time. I mean, there have been multiple famous. Uh, examples of her flat out lying, and of course, the most famous was when she when she had to come clean about not being Native American, as she had claimed for decades. All right, Breck Dumas from the Blaze. Uh, are your articles going to be found at theblaze.com? Good to talk to you again, my friend. Thank you much. All right. Well, giving an extra hand to veterans who want to go into business for themselves after they leave the service, those resources for them could actually help your community. So there's something in it for you. That's all ahead on American Viewpoints. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah, that's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council.